Mind of Man, Mind of God, number 25, January 21st, 2007. It's the third Sunday in Ordinary Time. Hi, Dave. So what do we, how do we celebrate our 25th uh, show? 25th show? What, what's the, what's the, uh, is that like paper or gold or silver or what, how do we, uh... Well, if it was years, it'd be silver, I don't know. <laughs> silver, okay. Well, um... S- send me a quarter. I'll send you a fork. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I could use a fork, I guess. Yeah, sure. Uh, okay, so here we are. Show number 25, and they said it wouldn't last. <laughs> the critics, they said it wouldn't last. <laughs> yeah. Maybe they meant it wouldn't start. I don't know. <laughs> or maybe they meant they were hoping it wouldn't last. Maybe that's what they thought. Oh, my God, 25. All right, so uh, what's happening? Not much. It's it's uh, only beginning to look a little bit like winter, finally, at the really? end of January. You got snow? No, we had some ice this morning. Now it's going to rain the rest of the day, so. Mm. But but at least it's in the 30s and not the 60s, so. <laughs> That's cool. That's good. Yeah. It was nice yesterday. Winter's good. we got winter here, too. Do you? What does winter in Tucson mean? Well, it means different things. Uh, it means sort of down in the 40s, I guess. Hmm. Um, although it's been going lower at night because we've had a kind of a cold spell. And also it means snow up in the mountains. So we've had snow in the mountains, which is very cool because that means there's going to be water later on. Water is good. Water's good. So it's kind of like having a bank account of water. So everyone's really you know, thrilled when they get snow in the mountains. And also people can go up the mountains and ski or they can sled or something. I, I skied once or twice. Did you? Did you like it? I did. Were you good at it? Oh, it was all okay? right. I mean, it's... could you stay up? Oh, yeah. I went skiing in Colorado in high school. <clears throat> it was good. Then, then later in life, I went skiing like in Michigan. It's not the same. <laughs> I wouldn't think so. It's not at all, but, you know. Not as inspiring as those Rocky Mountains. And... Well, and, and your runs are like nothing compared to the Rockies. Oh, you're, 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 you're just start and you're done when you're in Michigan. Pretty much. <laughs> Spend most of your time on the lift. I don't know. Mm. So, But, you know, it's better than nothing. <laughs> Maybe you should take a trip out to Colorado. I've done that. Uh, I don't know. I should come to Tucson. What are you saying, Dave? <laughs> no, that's fine, too. I mean, yeah, come to Tucson. Get out west somewhere. Come out to Tucson. That's good. Yeah. Tucson would be good this time of year. Okay. All right, so you want to talk about um, the theology of the body or anything? <laughs> <laughs> well, why not? Yeah. Ryan, why don't you tell us about the readings? What were the readings? What? what? You know, I, I just read them, and the first one was Ezra, and that seemed odd to me. I, I wasn't all that... It was that... all about the, him them saying the word, and everybody was crying, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I mean... Why were they crying? I don't know. I looked at it, and I said, I don't think I understand this. It's probably You probably need it in context, but... Eh. I like to part with I get it either. They seem very emotional about that whole deal. So it made me think. So I kind of extrapolated and thought, well, maybe they were really happy to have someone just tell them what to do or what the right way to go was. Yeah, I, I like the end where it said, go eat rich foods and drink sweet drinks. <laughs> and a lot of portions. All can get behind that. Uh, yeah. And do not be sad in this day, for rejoicing in the Lord must be your strength. Mm. Uh, okay. 
I didn't understand what their whole yeah huge emotional um you know problem was, but I said, eh, okay. But food always helps. And and drink it helps. <laughs> so I think that's what it's uh, that's what the point of that was. Well, if you're feeling bad, go eat something. That's kind of the girl thing to do, isn't it? Go get a bucket of ice cream and eat it. I don't think it's just girls that do that. Oh. Yeah. But I know what you mean, yeah. Yeah. They're sad or they just broke up with somebody. And it's that whole expensive ice cream, give me a pint or a quart or something, and I'll eat it. (laughs) That's probably true, and I think men would tend more towards give me a six-pack. Or something. Yeah. You want a more more efficient and more direct altering of our consciousness. <laughs> yeah, so was that an inspiring, uplifting uh, comment on the first reading? I don't know. We're going to make up for it with the other reading. You think? <laughs> God help us, I hope so. I don't know. But yeah, the second one was about, um, you know, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, the whole thing of the body, and, you know, everybody's a different part, and we need them all. I've always found that interesting. I think that's very true. It's true. And as a matter of fact, I I pulled something out here that I was reading, and they were talking about that. They were talking about the holographic universe. You're familiar with that concept, I'm sure. No. Oh, it's that the entire universe is reflected in the... It's a little bit of that fractal thing. Like, the, 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 the part is reflective of the entire universe. Like, everything... If you If you slice the universe up in various pieces, you're just going to get more of the same. It's this concept, like, you, the smaller you get, the, it's, it's all the same thing. Yeah, like the microcosm is the same as the macrocosm? Exactamundo. Okay. So, I read this guy, this thing was by a Reverend Arvid Straub, who I think is a Unitarian, but anyways, we won't hold that against him, right? No, you won't. <laughs> okay. Oh, you won't either, come on. Okay. All right. And he says, he says a couple things here. He says, but consider this, the implicate order in its entirety exists in every tiniest particle of the explicit universe. In other words, the totality of existence, the potential existence, is in every single grain of sand, is in every single human face, is in every single subatomic particle. All of it is everywhere, everything that is, everything that could be, everything that will be. There isn't any way to express it, the wonder of that, and yet we feel it. In those moments when we have let go of the burden of our existence, as tiny, separate creatures have become one with the awe-inspiring creation that we're part of. So I, I was thinking of that, of that in terms of this reading, because, I, you know, sometimes I think the interpretations that we've made of, of Jesus' life, what have you, think, sometimes I think that it, we're almost way off of what he was really after. This whole thing about the body of Christ, I mean, I, sometimes the way I think of it is that he's trying to communicate this truth that we are all part of the same thing, that there are really no separation, regardless of our philosophies, our ideologies, our religions. Um, you know, obviously people interpret things and they create dogma and they create theologies and, and what have you, but I think on some root level, I think he was saying, you know, you're all one. Why are you fighting each other? Everything is, this whole concept of love is the unifying force rather than idea or this uh, urge that we seem to have to separate and differentiate. Okay, Dave. Um, yeah, I'll sort of give you that. Okay, and, but? Hmm? Well, playing devil's advocate here. Okay. 
Well, there are parts of the body. What happens like when you get infected, though, or something? Are those parts of the body, and you get a part that gets really sick, mm-hmm. and you got to cut that out and throw it away, or the whole thing dies? Well, that's that's a good point. <laughs> here's what I here's how I just off the cuff respond to that. I think a lot of times when that happens, I think it's that whole concept of whether disease is an external thing coming and infecting you, or whether it's a, a disharmony that allows the uh, ground for something to come in and infect. So sometimes I think when there's disease or whatever form, it's maybe because there's a lack of harmony or lack of balance. So, you know, granted, you you have to do things, but maybe it's also looking at, well, are you really in harmony with your world, with each other, with everything, with, with with your own particular universe? Why are you having, why are you having this infection? I mean, the infection could just as easily be because you're separate or you're, you're, I, I think sometimes that either mental or physical or whatever, that separation can, can lay the groundwork for it. What do you think of that? <laughs> well, I think that's cool. <laughs> I mean, it's true. There's a lot of reasons why you can be sick. I mean, a lot of reasons are t- times you're sick is because, right, you're having internal conflict and stress, and and then you become sick without any external things. But then there's the, you know somebody shoots a hole through you being sick and that's true and there's nothing internal about that or there's the okay i had an external thing and then you know disease germs crept in from outside and but then it depends on the state of your body like you're saying whether i'm you know strong and cohesive can i fight this off or if i'm weak and you know already ailing inside then it quickly becomes a lot worse so you know, I, I, there was an interesting thing I read the other day about cancer cells, <clears throat> and, and I, I don't know where I read this, but they said that one thing about cancer cells is that, uh, for lack of a better term, they lack a certain kind of cohesion or stickiness to other cells. So one of the reasons that they get loose and do all the damage that they do is because they're not as cohesive. They're not as... It's almost like a, a, a cancer has decided, well, I'm not part of the body, you know, so I'm just going to run amok and do what I'm going to do, and which is what happens with cancer. So I, I, wow. you know, I always think that... Yeah, that that's pretty much your definition of sin right there. Being separ- separation. Saying, I'm going to do what I want to do. I don't care about, <laughs> you know, the rest of the body, Right. anything else. It's all about me. Mm-hmm. So. All about me and what I want. Exactly. My ego. Uh, yeah, it's, that's I, that's why I found this reading kind of interesting because of a lot of places you can go with it, this idea of the of the body. And I think one thing here in America, we're very we're very much into this individuality thing too. I mean, don't you think as a culture we oh, really yes. value? Uh, individual effort and individual freedom. Absolutely. Which I don't think in and of itself is a bad thing. I think, however, it probably, I don't know, there's a lot of alienation in this culture as well. And and there's a lot of, you know, if you think about how we are on the planet, too, there's a lot of stuff uh, about us consuming all the, you know, a, a large portion of the resources. And we're, we're kind of, we're kind of separate. I mean, they're, I don't know. I maybe it's a balance between those things. On the one hand, you don't want to 
lose your individuality. On the other hand, you don't want it to be so rampant that nothing else matters. Right, or like, you know, if you're playing a sport and you're on a team, it's good that some people, you know, are superstars. Right. But if they play that way, and like nobody else is on the team, they're going to lose. <laughs> so... This guy says uh, later on in this in this article, he says, but I think it is right to say that we could all be lost if we don't learn to forgive each other across sectarian lines and our cultural lines and our national boundaries and our tiny little egos. We will all be lost if we don't learn to feed the hungry, release the prisoner, clothe the naked as Jesus taught. This world will blow up in a ball of fire if we don't learn to welcome the stranger as us the way that Jesus taught to love our neighbor as ourselves, to see the kingdom of God, the highest thing we can imagine beyond that we can only sense in the most unguarded, honest moments of our lives. The kingdom of God is in our own souls, in the eyes of our neighbor. So I, I, I thought that was inspiring. I think it paralleled a bit what uh, was being said in the, in the you know, I don't know, gospel and the reading. Hmm. Like they were, I think they were talking about everybody is one with Christ, whether you're a Greek or whatever, you know. I think they mentioned that, that now, now you've all become one in this, this body of Christ, and and to be able to just see that when you're looking at a person. Yes, well, that last part you just read harkens back to the whole Jewish concept where, you know, the Christian faith started. Right, Jesus was a Jew, and they they always have that extra plate at dinner concept for the stranger. Mm-hmm. You know, welcome the foreigner into our midst, and right. and a lot of times, you know, good things happen from somebody that's not, you know, part of the clique. <laughs> oh, right. So. right. Well, that's kind of the that's kind of the antithesis of that, not the antithesis, but maybe it's the complementary concept of, you know, that we're all one, but also there is that idea that by incorporating these things that are different, we all become stronger too. That that yes. vive la différence as the French say, I guess. Indeed. Does that have any relevance to the gospel? Or was this something different? Oh, I don't know. What was the gospel about? See, the gospel, I find the gospel interesting because it's about one where if you read it like it is here, it says, okay, and then Jesus went back to his hometown and said, hi, I'm the guy. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm the one that they talked about. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's interesting, the editing of, of this gospel, though, because, and it ends with, today this gospel, scripture passage is fulfilled in your hearing, you know, and blah, 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 this is the word of the Lord. Well, if you go to the actual gospel, immediately after this is when they start saying, hey, who does this guy think he is? And you know that whole, a prophet can, you know, can't... He's always hated in his own, his own, own town, right? And I mean, that that's not part of this gospel, but that's what this reading is. So I just, mm-hmm. I thought it was interesting. I don't know. Yeah. But because it sort of relates, I mean, that's sort of like... The flip side of what we were just saying about the stranger coming in and doing something. Okay, this guy here, Jesus is not a stranger in this town. <laughs> I mean, he's a stranger other places, and they accept him. He goes to his own town where he's not a stranger, and they don't accept him. <laughs> right. Or, or they want, you know, well, give us some of those miracles that you did over there. Yeah. You know why not? Come on. <laughs> right. So it's just. I think I think it's just on a real mundane level. I think people experience that sometimes in their families that. You know, they could be whatever, a movie star, big political, or whatever. You know, they go to their family and say, like, well, don't get a big head, you know. you know, I mean, there is a certain thing that happens in your own your own group or your own family that, that wants you to stay in a certain, maybe not 
completely foreign state or, or not and not be big. They don't want you to be big sometimes, your own little yeah. group. Well, I mean, it's good to, you know, keep you humble, but yeah. it's not good to reject what you're actually bringing. So. Right. right. Well, I, I think it's threatening. I just want to not to get too psychological about it, but I think when you grow up in a little small group, whatever, a family or a small town or whatever, and you branch out from it or you become something different, I think people find that threatening just in the fact that, well, why didn't I do that? You know, well, I'll try to, I'll try to bring that person down because I didn't do this and I feel bad about myself for doing this or not doing this. So, I, I mean, I, I think there's that, that pull sometimes to kind of yeah. draw you back into... Uh, Perhaps. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. No, I, you, just, you don't think so? I don't know. I, it's, I mean, I, I see that happening, but... That just seems stupid. <laughs> I mean, well, don't do that. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's good if it's good if you don't fall into it. But right. I mean, I think sometimes people do. Oh, I'm, I know they do, but it's I don't respect that particularly. Right. Right. Oh, oh yeah, we all know like family where you yeah. know they have a certain way of doing things, and it's like, well, if you do it differently, then you're wrong, or you're bad, or you're judging us, or crap. Yeah, I've never done that. <laughs> so it, I guess uh, what we're coming to with this, it is kind of a, um, di- I don't know what's the word I'm looking for, um, par- paradox, dichotomy, I don't know, that on the one hand, to be part of the body and to be, that we're all connected, we're all the same, we're all part of this holographic thing. On the other hand, that benefit of, of you know, maybe that was an interesting thing with a with a readings that they they kind of express that dichotomy there on the one hand you're all part of this body on the other hand you know sometimes you got to break from that and just be who you are and do what you need to do yeah is that like playing foosball at all well that is Ryan, and i have some foosball news yeah what is it uh this was in the you know i think this you remember i uh, i mentioned i was going to do weird religion news that's yeah. what i thought but then i thought well foosball is like our religion that's true so i think this counts okay so this was actually, and I think this is good because it was in the Christian Science Monitor. Wow. <laughs> so, and the, the title of this article is Foosball Kicks into Higher Gear. And I'll just read you a little bit of this. It says, after two, ga- two decades of obscurity in 1970s Golden Age, which is when we were playing. Exactly. We were in the Golden Age. Foosball has been mounting a comeback in the United States, once more leaving bars for national tours and fancy showdowns in Europe. Tighter organization, better grassroots promotion, and the promise of making national team are some of the reasons behind the revival of the tournament circuit. Dave. Yeah, it says prize money in individual tournaments remains low, thirty-five thousand. It's that, our calling. That wouldn't be bad. <laughs> I, I'd take thirty-five grand. Okay, and then I want to read one other thing here, real quick. Okay, and it says um, this is quoting somebody. I don't know. Today, things are on the upswing, says Jim Stevens, the undisputed king of foosball commentary. Wow, there's foosball commentary, Reiner. Wow. Isn't that wonderful? The latest resurgence began with the formation of the International Table Soccer Federation, a France-based organization that wants to get foosball recognized, hold it, wait for it, as an Olympic sport. All right. In 2006, it organized the World Cup to coincide with soccer's World Cup in Germany, also hosted his fourth World Championship Finals in Italy. So, there you have it. Foosball making a you know we are on the cutting edge once again. That sounds like Always us. Always resurging. We're we're bringing foosball and religion to people. 
we're right there. All right. Okay, there's a definite link on our website to that. I'll have to find it. <laughs> you, you got to, yeah. Get yeah. that get that link to the federation and tournament stuff, and yeah, absolutely. Let's cool. do our part to proselytize the uh, uh, foosball uh, religion. Well, well, you think we can get in the tournament or become the commentators? Come on, Dave. <laughs> well, now that's an interesting thing. We, you know, maybe we can have like a little report. We could, uh, you know, we could. Uh, that could be part of our uh, what we do here too. I'm good with that. Yeah. See, it's a wonderful thing. It's a wonderful, beautiful thing. thing. Yeah, also this article. Maybe I'll read some of it next week too. They have the history of foosball too. Cool. Yeah. So maybe we could, you know, we can inform people. I know. I'm sure that I'm sure it's uh, something that people are dying to know out there too. I know I am. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I think uh, we've done enough damage for one day here. I believe we have, yes. <laughs> Wonderful. Good thing. So. All right, so uh, everybody out there in listener land, I don't know if you've seen our new website. Want to talk about the new website a little bit, Ryan? I'm still working on it, but it'll, it's progressing. Yes, it's, you know, we, we're, we're getting rid of the rhinoceros and the, fr and the frog, and we're adding some other new elements, some exciting links. And we have a new URL, too, but... And I would also, if anyone is listening, I, I just some, something I went on the other day. This is totally off the subject, but I'd recommend the spam.com website. <laughs> Very interesting stuff. All right. All right. I'm good. All right. See ya. See ya.